Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Praise God, praise God. Psalms 34 and 1 says, I will bless the Lord at all times, and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. Well, welcome today to a Word from God radio broadcast right here on blogtalkradio.com. I am your radio hostess, Evangelist Rebecca Collier-Hagler. And I want you to know that God has a designed word, especially for you today. Psalms 119.11 says, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. And that is with God's word in our hearts, our lives will be forever changed. Hallelujah. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Meaning the word will illuminate our steps as we walk towards our purpose in Christ. Glory be to God. Well, it brings me great joy to come before you today right here on blogtalkradio.com and to share a word from God with you. I just want to say thank you to all of you who have been following the broadcast. Thank you for your encouraging words, for your support, and I just want you to know how much I really care and how much I love you and just appreciate you for being on the air today. Many of you could be doing something different right now, but you chose to tune in and listen to a word from God. So we give God glory and honor for you. Hallelujah. Well, we're going to go ahead and and get started uh, with today's lesson. 
I wasn't able to be with you for the last couple of days. I had something previously uh, planned that I had to take care of. So um, here we are this Friday afternoon, and um, I pray that your Friday is going well. I pray that God is just truly blessing you and your family. And uh, we're going to go ahead. We had been talking about... um, we talked about the marriage feast. We talked about the uh, the beam of judgment, and we talked about um, the the rewards that we would receive after the judgment. And then I told you uh, from that point on, we would start going into the um, into the tribulation period. Today, I want to give you a little bit of. Um, history a little bit, uh, prophetic history, before we actually go into the tribulation period. And with what I'm going to share with you today, this is how, uh, these are some of the signs that we are are going to see or signs that we've already seen or signs that are happening right now that we know that we are in the season, in the season not the day, not the month, not the hour, the moment that Jesus is going to return. Again, I say, I will never tell you that he's coming on this day because that is not scriptural. But we don't know the date, the moment, the time, or the hour when the Son of Man will return. But if we look at Matthew chapter 25 and verse 13, it will uh, tell us this. And this is out of the Living Bible. It says, so this is Matthew chapter 25 and verse 13. It says, so, so stay awake, be prepared, for you do not know the date or the moment of my return. So, again, we're hearing that we don't know the date nor the time of the Lord's return. But we can know the season that the Lord will return in. Now, how long a season is, it could be 100 years. It could be 20 years. It can be 50 years. But within that season time, when the Lord chooses to return, he will return because there are signs, there are prophetic events that take place in that season that lets us know. Because at first, when I just read here in Matthew, it said to stay awake and be prepared. We cannot be found sleeping. We cannot be found being lazy. We cannot be found not working. We cannot be found not doing anything for the Lord. He says to stay awake and be prepared. But as I was saying, we can know the season, not the date, not the time, nor the hour. And if we will go to First Thessalonians, Chapter 5, verses 2 through 6. That's 1 Thessalonians, chapter 5, verses 2 through 6. And this is what the scripture is saying, and I'm going to kind of paraphrase it for you. But it says, but that day will be a surprise. It says, people will say, we are at peace. But then sudden destruction will come quickly. Right now, we are seeing all kinds of destruction. Uh, We don't have peace. There's a lot of unrest. We were in some times, uh, we had some decades of peace. We were up under some leaderships in our government where we had a peaceful existence. But now we are in so much turmoil, nation against nation, races against races, uh, countries against countries. All kinds of things are, are being brought out. All kinds of things are being said that is leading to unrest. 
for his sudden destruction will come quickly. We don't live, and this is talking about us, we don't live in darkness, so that day will not surprise us as it will surprise them. That day will not surprise us like a thief coming because we already know that he's coming because we're busily working for him, waiting, serving, not waiting, just laying back, but waiting, serving him, doing what we're supposed to do, making disciples, witnessing, teaching, leading others to Christ. We're doing what we're supposed to do. And when he comes, it's no big surprise to us because those of us that are following Christ, we know that he's coming. We just don't know when. So it's not going to be a surprise to us, but it will be a surprise to the world. Verse 5 says, we... um, We are people who are in the light, talking about us, the church. We are people who are in the light. We don't belong to darkness. Those that are in darkness will will not understand what has happened. They won't be ready. They won't be prepared. Verse 6 says, be on guard, not asleep like others. Watch for his return, stay sober, stay alert. You know, the the young people are saying now, are you woke? Stay woke. Do you really know what's going on? Do you really know what's going to happen? Are you so awoke that you're uh, preparing yourself for the coming of the Lord? So the scripture does say he is coming like a thief in the night, but we are to be alert and sober, and we are to work until he comes. As I said before, we will not be surprised because the Holy Spirit gives us the understanding of the nature of the signs. Anything that we need to know about what's going to take place when we read the book of Daniel and Zechariah and Ezekiel and and Isaiah and, and, and then when we read the book of Matthew and we read the book of Revelation, uh, we will not be shocked. Nothing will take us for, you know, like, oh, my God, I can't believe what just happened. Every day now, it's something new and different. Every day, something has happened, something of devastation, something of turmoil, something uh, intelligence being leaked out. All kinds of things are happening, and people every day are like in shock. But if you know what the scripture says about the end times, about the things that are going to take place, you understand why things are going the way that they are. You understand why certain people are in leadership and you don't understand how they got there because they're being used of God to usher in certain prophetic events that need to take place. Hallelujah. Now, another thing that uh, is going to be happening or that we need to understand about the end times is that we need to know the signs. And as we know the signs, we need to be coming together in our churches and talking and even praying about certain situations that are beginning to take place. I want you to turn to... Hebrews chapter 10, uh, verses 25 and 27. That's Hebrews 10, verse 25 and 27. And it says this in verse 25. Don't neglect your church services. See, many times we don't 
you know, we find reasons not to go to church. Uh, when we don't go to church, a lot of times we miss out on certain things. We miss out on certain anointings. We thank God for a video and Facebook, and we thank God for uh, being able to uh, maybe follow along on certain uh, Internet venues, you know, that we can hear the word. Those are for if you are sick, if you can't get off of work, uh, it's not an excuse for you not to be in church on a regular basis. Now, if there's an anointing in the church service and you weren't there because of sickness or you had to work or a family illness or something, or maybe your family's on vacation and you tune in on that particular uh, service, you will feel the exact same anointing and presence of God that was taking place in that uh, service at that time. But the scripture is saying here is don't neglect yourself from going into the household of God as some people do. What this is saying is we need to begin, especially in these last days, we need to begin to encourage each other and warn each other of that day of his coming and how it is drawing near. And not only to others that belong to the church, but to our coworkers, you know. I mean, you don't have to sound preachy, but you can ask the question, well, what do you think about what's going on in the world today? And you can share with them this teaching, this end-time teaching of what is possibly getting ready to take place. Uh, verse 26 says, If we deliberately sin by rejecting Jesus' forgiveness, this sin is not covered by his death. You know, there are so many people out there that we need to bring in to the house of God. We need to bring into the kingdom of God. But the biggest sin that people are committing today is the sin of rejecting the gifts that Jesus died on the cross for, and that is salvation by faith and, and, and through grace that we speak, uh, that, we, that we believe on what Jesus Christ did and we confess it with our mouth that he is the Lord of our lives. But so many people are not going to be forgiven for this one sin alone, not for all the other sins that they have uh, committed as well. But this particular sin, this is the sin that's going to send them to hell because their name is not found in the Lamb's book of life. And we who are born again can stop people from going to hell if we come together, if we attend our services, if we, we ring out the warning bell and say, look, Jesus is coming soon. You don't have to relate, like I said, the dates and the time, because we don't know that. But we can know that it, he is coming in a particular season. Verse 24 says, they will have nothing to look forward to but to terrible punishment of God's awful anger, which will consume all his enemies. The scripture tells us that if you're a, a friend to the world, to this world system, that you follow this world, that you are an enemy to God. So we don't want to neglect the time of fellowship in church services. We want uh, to invite people every time to our services. We need to be there so that we can help them to follow along in what is going on. Then we need to uh, 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 do 
where uh, after the service, you know, to just uh, continue to call or email or or text them from time to time and to see how they're doing and if they would like to return as their question that they have because Jesus is on his way back. Hallelujah. Now, when we see all of these signs coming, uh, especially like when we read in Matthew chapter 24 up under the Olivet Discourse, uh, it says in Matthew 24 and 33, that's Matthew 24 and 33, when you see all of these things, recognize that he, the Son of Man, that is Jesus Christ, is near right at the door. We are starting to see signs. We are starting to hear things that um, were just so uncommon at one time. Now a lot of different things are starting to take place. Now one major sign that many of us don't know about because we try to separate ourselves from our brother, our, our um, Jewish brothers and sisters. But this is a major sign is that in 1917, um, the liberation of the city of Jerusalem happened on December 11, 1917, by a British general by the name of General Allenby. And it was at this time when the city of Jerusalem was liberated that the Jews began to go back and re inhabit the city of Jerusalem. Because from that point, before their liberation, they were 400 years, the city of Jerusalem was 400 years up under Turkish rule. And the Jews play a big part in this end-time um, um world that we are living in right now. If you will uh, notice and just think, when you turn on your news, every day you're hearing something about Israel. Somebody's coming against Israel some way, shape, form, or fashion. They've always wanted to take the city of Jerusalem, but even now they are trying to come against the small country of Israel, but they do not understand how Israel always stands, how Israel always makes it, because they are God's chosen people. He has always stood with Israel. Even when he didn't speak to Israel for years, he was still there with them. Even right now, he is with Israel and when it is time when the church is taken out God's full attention will be put on the country of Israel now we've been in the end times and actually in the end times since the church was established um, in um in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost, if the, the end times begin to formulate right around that time. But now with this here having happened, with this one little piece right here having happened, the liberation of the city of Jerusalem in 1917, that was the beginning of the end of the end time. So certain things have to happen, certain things that God spoke, certain things that God said. These things have to happen in order for God to begin to do the work that he is going to do 
in the end times. So this led the children of Israel back to their homeland and state to reestablish to be uh, to become a country. So throughout that time, up until the time of 1948, when when uh, Israel became a a a nation again, and we will talk about that in a little bit. But up until that time, that's when things begin to open up and we begin to see certain signs taking place. Now, um, some of the signs, there's about six categories of signs that I want to talk to you about. And the first category of signs is the sign of nature, the sign of nature. Now, some of the things that uh, where it talks about the signs of nature, some of the things happen before the rapture, and some of these things will happen within uh, the tribulation period. Let's go to Luke chapter 21 and verse 11. That's Luke chapter 21 and verse 11. And it says, um, it says there will be great earthquakes plagues, famines, uh, terrors, and great signs in heaven. Now, these these great earthquakes and, and plagues and famines, those are things that are going on right now in the earth today. They will be more devastating, more frequent, more intense as they get into the tribulation period. But then the signs in heaven, we may not, we may see some of those before the rapture, but the majority of that will be seen in um, in the tribulation period. That will be seen in the tribulation period itself. And so we just recently, I mean, we just had a um, a bad hurricane here, uh, Hurricane Dorian, and there are some other storms that are formulating. There's some flooding going on here in Texas, in the Houston, Texas area, and some surrounding areas. Um, there were earthquakes in California not too long ago, two pretty nice size. I, I lived in California for a while, and and um, um, just there were just some really big, big, huge earthquakes, I mean, devastating earthquakes. When I was a little girl, I grew up in Anchorage, Alaska, and I was in the big earthquake in 1964 that was a almost a 10-point earthquake. And, I mean, they're devastating. And so these things are happening. There's earthquakes in Japan and Hawaii and Indonesia and all kinds of little countries uh, throughout the world, there are pestilences, diseases, people are hungry. These things are already happening. They're not happening in full force, but as 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 the time progresses, things are going to get worse in uh, in this particular situation. So one of the um, one of the signs is the sign of nature. Um, it says um, it says that during this time when, uh, of of the the signs of nature, during this time when things would get a little bad, it says this will be like birth pains. And many of the women out there know what I'm talking about: birth pains. Is there's, there's just no description for it. But one thing we can tell you about birth pain, that when we're going through it, it is frequent and it increases. It increases in intensity until the actual birthing of the baby. So the Bible says in Matthew chapter 24 and verse 8, that this is one of the signs that we will see. So we know right now that we have gone, we're going through these particular signs 
right now. These particular things are happening right now to um, many uh, of us throughout the world. The second sign is sign of society. And I'm going to have you to turn to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 4. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 4. And it says in verse 1, it talks about, and I'm paraphrasing it, it talks about perilous times will come. And we see that now. Horrible, terrible times are upon us. It says perilous times will come. Verse 2 says that we will become lovers of self, lovers of money, that we will be boastful and arrogant, that we will be revelers, you know, wild, wild parties, parties that lead to uh, all kinds of bad things happening, uh, whether it's drugs and alcohol and women are being raped or or people are so stoned out their minds that they don't know if they're coming or going. Uh, women are being uh, date raped, you know, because somebody's dropping a mickey or Rohypnol uh, in their drinks, and they don't know what happened in the next day. Um, it says disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy. I watch some of the TV shows that are on that are supposed to be like family shows, and the disrespect of children talking to their parents. Slamming the door. You stay out of my room. Slamming the door. These are my things. You have no right, you know, cussing at their parents. This is all being fulfilled as I speak. Some of you may have children that are being very disrespectful to you, and you don't know how to handle that situation. How do I handle it? What do I do? People are ungrateful. You do something for someone. You don't get a thank you. You don't, nobody uh, is appreciative of what you do. They may ask you for a ride, but they won't give you any gas money because they think that you, that, that you owe them the ride, per se. They're unholy. They're doing things that are just unholy, that are not right before the Lord, the way they act the way they talk, um, the way that, that they dress in some situations. I'm not one that tells people how to dress, but there are, you know, when I was a little girl, you had your your church clothes, you had your school clothes, you had your um, play clothes. You wore your church clothes to church. You wore your school clothes to school. You wore your, your play stuff outside to play in. And then when you went out in the evenings, you had your evening wear, you know. And so every 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 place that you went had a, a particular uh, uh, piece of clothing to wear. Uh, I hear a lot of people say, well, God says, come as you are. Um, there is no scripture that says that. There is no scripture that says, come as you are. When you say, come as you are, it is talking about in, no matter what condition you're in, no matter, you know, it doesn't matter that maybe you committed adultery the night before. You come to church. You give your life to Christ. You get it right. Maybe you were on a drunken binge. Maybe you shot somebody. Maybe you're angry at somebody. Maybe you curse somebody out. Maybe you're mad at the world. Maybe you're just upset. Maybe you're walking in jealousy. Whatever that situation is. Come as you are. You cannot change yourself. Only God can change you. So that is how you come as you are. Now, if you don't have the proper attire, then you come. You come. You come and you and you sit and you let and you hear the word of God and you let God bless you. You let God talk with you. And in time, as you give your life to Christ, then things will begin to change in your life. Verse 3 says we become unloving, irreconcilable. We're malicious gossips. 
without self-control. We are brutal and haters of good. Verse 21 says we're treacherous, we're reckless, we're conceited, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. We have become lovers of the world. We want to do what satisfies us. Well, you know, I want to do this. Nothing wrong with enjoying your life. Hear me. Nothing wrong with enjoying your life. But when your life becomes more important to you than God, the scripture says we die daily to self. The scripture says that we must decrease so that he increases in our lives. Because what God has for us, trust me now, what God has for us is so much better than what we could ever have for ourselves. It's a big, beautiful world out there, and God does want us to travel. God wants us to see the world. God wants to enjoy family vacation time with our families. He wants us to do a lot of great things, you know. But don't do things that will cause you to neglect God. You may take a Sunday off. Maybe that's the only day you and your husband have off. And you want to take the kids uh, to uh, whatever amusement park might be in your your town or to the zoo or to whatever. You know, it's okay to take a day to be able to do that, but don't let that be every Sunday, every week that you have to do this. You know, go to church first. If you go to one of those churches that have an early morning service, Take the early morning service and then go and enjoy your family and see how much of a blessed time you will have than if you had not have gone to church in the first place. Okay, if you notice in um, this particular scripture, it talks about money, well, it talks about uh, self, then it talks about money, and it talks about materialism. These three things, money, self, and materialism, all boil into one is us wanting to be our own God, wanting to do what we want to do, and not caring anything about being a lover of God. Uh, we begin to take all three of these things and we uh, involve ourselves into self-indulgence. Let's turn to, let's see here, Isaiah 5 and 20. That's Isaiah chapter 5 and verse 20. Because of the, the, uh, because of the time that we're living in, we are starting to say, um, well, we have sexual immorality, there's domestic violence, there's drugs, alcohol, there's porn, there's disobedience. We're, we're actually saying it today, it, it is so crazy how we are turning things around and saying what's good is bad and what's bad is good. People don't want us to teach the full word of God because it offends certain people. And so when we say certain things out of the word, this is not our teaching, this is not man's teaching, but this is God's teaching. And as a minister of the gospel, we have to say certain things that may offend people, but in the offending of the people, it's not because we're trying to offend you. It's the word that is trying, that is offending you, because we don't want to hear the truth of the word, because God loves us all. When I was sitting there and I heard the word of God, 
I got a little offended because of some of the things that I was doing. You know, I'm like, well, who told the pastor I was doing that? You know, who told the pastor I was at that party? Who told the pastor that I was up there dancing my behind off, you know? Who told the pastor I was up there flirting, you know? Who 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 knew? The Holy Spirit knows all things. And I was offensive. I was offended. But am I going to say offended? Or will I look to God and look to heaven and say, God, I'm sorry. Help me to make a change. And I chose to do the latter. I said, I'm sorry, God. Help me to make a change. This is what it says in uh, Isaiah chapter 5 and verse 20. It says, they say that right is wrong. That wrong is right. That black is white and white is black, that bitter is sweet, and sweet is bitter. No matter what's going on in the world today, when it's something that you don't want to hear, and this is one of the signs that Jesus is on his way back. When we don't want to hear what we don't want to hear, then we say, uh, well, that's not right. You know, God is a God of love, you know, and you are so right. He is. He's a God of love. But he is also a God of vengeance. He is also a God of wrath. When when God loves you, when you're following, when you're doing what you're supposed to do, God's love is so Oh, it's just so beautiful in your life. Jesus loved you so much that he died on the cross for you. That's how much he loved you. And he died on the cross over 2,900 years ago. That's what he, 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 he died for people then. I wasn't there. 2019 years ago. I wasn't there when he died. But he included me. He included you in his dying. That's how much he loves you. If that offends us because he loves us and he wants us to do right, if we're offended by that, that we can't always have our way then we need to go all the way back to the very beginning and repent and ask God to forgive us. Because what Jesus did on the cross for you, for me, how many of you have ever watched the movie The Passion of the Christ? You cannot watch that movie and not feel everything that Christ went through on that cross for us. So when we say that wrong is right and right is wrong, how do you think that makes God feel? How do you think that 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 moves over him that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit created us for them, for worship. They, they, wanted, they wanted to make man in their own image, in the spiritual sense, not the physical sense. And then Jesus saw all, God saw everything that was going on and destroyed the world the first time by a flood. But then he said, you know what, I'm, 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 I'm going to, I'm going to give him another chance. And he gave us another chance. And he sent his son to come and die on the cross. One of the most horrible deaths that anybody could ever go through. Jesus died on the cross and his pain, it was so difficult for him to breathe. But he, he was forgiving people and loving on people and making sure his mother would be okay saving the soul of one of the thieves on the cross beside him. 
people are laughing at him, but he still did it. And then we feel, oh, well, I'm offended by what was said in the message today. You're only offended when it hits you at home. That's when you get offended because you don't want to change. Mm. Hallelujah. Let's see here. Kind of went off track here a little bit. Um, Okay, uh, the next the next sign are spiritual signs. The next signs here are the spiritual signs. And then I think I have one more scripture I needed to read to you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Okay, let's um let's go to Second Timothy chapter four. Second Timothy chapter four verses three and four. And as I was talking about offenses, you know, being offended because of things that you might hear being preached. Um it says here, and this is also uh, this is up under the sign of um, the signs of society. We're still up under the signs of society, and um, verse three says, "A time will come, and they will not endure sound doctrine, um, wanting to hear." or wanting to have their ears tickled, not wanting to hear the truth, but will look for teachers to tell them what they what they want to hear or who or who will please them. So many times many of us will hear the word of God, uh hear the word of God and it will sound so harsh to us. And so we're like, mm, I don't, mm-mm. they got too many rules and regulations of this, that, and the other, blah, 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 blah. They don't want to hear it. So they will go somewhere where they can find somebody that's teaching, uh, possibly um, like, uh, what do they call that? I'm sorry, it slipped my mind <laughs> just that quick. But um, they want to sit up under people that will teach exactly what they want to hear that does not uh, cause their spirit man to be convicted. We don't like to be convicted, but it is through conviction that we change and that we repent. You can't repent on something that you're not hearing that you're doing that will make you change. As long as there are are, are churches out there, ministers out there, that will tell you exactly what you want to hear. They don't care anything about your soul. They don't care anything about your spirit. Just as long as you pay your tithes and and give your offerings and and do for them what, what they want done. They will not give you a word that is going to cause you to grow and mature in Christ. And for you to sit and not want to grow and mature in Christ, maybe there's something wrong with your walk. Maybe there's something wrong in uh, um, that you maybe never really totally gave your life to Christ. Because if you just want to hear what you want to hear, you know, it's like at home when we were growing up as kids and our mother said, eat your vegetables, and God knows I hated vegetables. There were certain things that I liked, that I liked eating as a as a kid, but as soon as I got grown, I didn't want to eat that. 
And now that I'm older, I wish I had have eaten more and more vegetables than what I did eat. And so um, uh, this is saying that um, that uh, we just don't want to follow what the Spirit of the Lord is telling us. We want to we want to find somebody that will leave us alone. I just want to come to church. You know, you preach to me. I want to feel good. You know, I want to hear the choir. I want to hear the praise and worship sing. You know, team, I want to lift my hand. I want to cry. You know, I want to shout, you know, that kind of thing. And uh, then I just want to go home. I, I don't want to be committed to nothing. I don't want to be committed to the church. Uh, I want people to see that I was there. Boom. And then that's it. That's it for, for, for you until next Sunday. Verse 4 says, they won't listen to the truth or to the word of God. They will only follow their own misguided ideas. Now, this is happening today in our churches today. The scripture says that before Jesus comes, there's going to be a great falling away. And people are falling away from the church because so many of our pastors and leaders, uh, we're afraid to say things because we don't want to offend. Uh, we don't want to lose our our congregations. Um, we don't want to do, you know, Spirit of God says, I want you to speak this against this, and we don't do it. We don't say what the Holy Spirit tells us to say. And so people walk away not hearing the truth, and we don't know who walks away from that church and within that week dies and goes to hell because it might have been a word that we were supposed to give that would have brought them to Christ so that if they walked away, they walked away in Christ. And if they died, that they opened up their eyes in heaven. So um, we we just got to learn how to not try to go after what we want but go after what the Spirit of God is saying to us. Well, I'm going to stop here. I'm going to stop here. We did, um, let's see, which ones did we cover? We did the uh, sign of nature where we talked about the different things that were taking place in nature. We talked about... We talked about the signs of nature, and we talked about the uh, signs of society. We covered those two today. And on next week, uh, next Tuesday, because I don't do a broadcast on Mondays, on next Tuesday we will talk about the um, other signs that shows that we are actually living in the season, in the season, that Jesus Christ can return. Whether you tune into this message and you laugh about what I'm saying, or you tune into this message because you really want to know, regardless of why you tune in, Jesus is still Lord and Savior. Jesus is still coming back for his church. If you are awoke and ready and prepared, you're going back with him. If you think this all a big joke and you 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 uh, tune in and you let your, your friends hear it and they're all laughing and so on and so forth, that's cool too, you know, because then, uh, you know, you, you would be a scoffer and, you know, making fun of the word of God and and just, you know, you just don't believe. And so you would wind up in hell. That's what the scripture says. So whatever your reason for tuning in, I pray that it is to get closer to Christ, to know more of God, to learn more of God, to give God your all and all. Um, he loves you today. And I'm uh, going to go ahead and close out of this particular message today. Like I said, we will return 
uh, on Tuesday with part two of this message. I hope that I'll be able to get through the whole thing on uh, the you know the rest of it on Tuesday at three o'clock. But uh, we thank God for your tuning in with us today. I pray that you had uh, enjoyed the message. I pray that you have a great day. So I ask that you, if you have any questions, uh, if you want to reach out to us for any contact information about speaking or preaching engagement, if you have any prayer requests or if you have any biblical questions, or donations, I would ask that you would email me at a word from God seven at gmail dot com. That's a word from God seven at gmail dot com. I would look forward to hearing from you. I will definitely get back with you. Um, as I said, I'm not a debater. I don't uh, I don't debate the word of God, but if you have a very serious question I will answer that question for you. Well, thank you for tuning in to A Word From God on blogtalkradio.com. I am your radio hostess, evangelist Rebecca Collier-Agler, saying thank you for joining us on today. Hallelujah. Glory to God. May God richly bless all of your endeavors for Him. And until next time, Have a joyous and a blessed day. God bless you. Bye-bye.
With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.